Welcome to another episode of The War Room here on KOKC Radio. I'm your host, Sean Fry. It's the day after Christmas that this latest edition of The War Room uh, comes out. And no guests this week. It's Christmas break. Didn't want, I didn't even want to bring anybody in. Uh, I'm recording this on the Friday night, December 23rd, prior to Christmas. I'll be out of town during the week. So uh, this is just a show this week where I'm just going to kind of give some thoughts uh, one of my ramblings, uh, if, if you like these, where I go on these uh, rants that last 20, 25 minutes, then this is the week for you. If not, see you next week. <laughs> um, I'm going to try and get uh, you know some good guests lined up. Kelsey Overacker's in the works over at Cherryville High School. Uh, we got to get Brianna Vollmer in here, uh, Bradley Argerbright uh, over at Lebec County, uh, Anthony Houck. Uh, we're, gonna, we're, we're going to... Uh, really get things rolling as soon as 2023 uh, starts coming in. But got to talk about some of the high school winter sports standouts uh, early in the year. Obviously a very uh, high profile, uh, very exciting, uh, you know, start to the winter season. Uh, the Erie boys, while not the biggest, the best team in my area by far, that uh, they have been impressive under their new coaching regime. Uh, I think to start the year, this has been a team that uh, had a lot of question marks coming in. But you see, Ethan Dillinger, the younger brother of Eric Dillinger, who's now playing basketball uh, for the Labette Cardinals. Uh, I, I think Erie is maybe a little ahead of schedule right now. Uh, but I think the most impressive team in my area thus far this year. Uh, it's the team with the best record in the Parson Sun coverage area. Is by far the Cherryville girls. This is a team that is four and one uh, with winter break already here, obviously. So going, so that first part of the season they go four and one. Uh, their guard play is unbelievable. It it is it is state title caliber guard play, uh, which really complements their biggest weakness, which they don't have size. And I'll address that. But the Cherryville girls under Kelsey Overacker, you've got uh, you've got Kelsey Lance, you've got Jaylee Reister. You've got Bethany Umbarger, who kind of plays a swing role. Those are three high-profile scores, all capable of giving you 25-plus. Uh, they had a big win over Opie. This is an Opie team that beat them by 60 a couple of years ago. Uh, they turn around and beat this Opie team. Uh, that was their third win of the year. They ended up losing the Blue Stem in the championship game of the Wildcat Winter Classic at Yates Center. That was early in the year. But uh, this, this team... Uh, with its uh, high-profile guard play, they are going to be tough to watch or tough to defend. Uh, you know, Jaylee Reister to me is one of the most fun players to watch, boys or girls. She reminds me a lot of a friend of the show, Erica Gartner, former point guard at Lebec County High School, uh, played four years at Bemidji State up in Minnesota, where she's now the head girls golf coach and an assistant girl women's basketball coach, head, head women's golf and assistant women's basketball coach up at Bemidji State in Minnesota. Uh, Erica Gartner, just a you know a flashy passer uh, who kind of played with emotion and, and, and you know, was a, a, a very, you know, gritty type of person, a gritty type of player on the floor, but still had that flash and that flair about her. That's what Jaylee Reister brings. Her passing is on, a, is on another level. She can see the floor. Uh, better than a lot of people, man or woman, her age. Uh, I, I mean, real, she, she's tiny. 
You know, this is a girl who, I, I mean, it, I have trouble believing she cracks uh, the 5-2 mark. But, I mean, her ability to create space off the bounce, uh, she will fire a pass to anybody at any, any given point, and she can really thread that needle. And she's a great shooter from the outside. She can shoot off the bounce, and she knows how to get to the hole as well. Has a decent floater to her. Uh, can be very streaky. Uh, and, and can get in foul trouble as well. So there's time, you know, she is her own worst enemy. Uh, her biggest fault is when she gets in foul trouble, she's just sitting on the bench, obviously. So Jaylee Reister, though, she is a dynamic point guard. She was on the cover of the Parsons Sunday New Tribune's basketball magazine center court. Uh, Kelsey Lance, a very balanced scorer who has turned into the Chargers' best rebounder. Uh, you know, a very, you know, a, a complete player. Uh, who's very good at a lot of things, uh, still a competent outside shooter. This is a girl who's hit six threes in multiple games over her career. Uh, you know, or, And what I mean by that is she's had six threes in a single game multiple times. Uh, so, I mean, she can shoot it from the outside. She's become their best rebounder uh, and their post defender. Bethany Umbarger, probably the best athlete on the team. Uh, you know, she's a state qualifier in multiple events in track and field. Uh, you know, a high flyer uh, can get to the rim. Quality score, I believe she has the season high in points this year. She had 27 earlier, uh, earlier in the year. Uh, Cherryville's one loss to Blue Stem though was where we saw their weakness come into play, which is they just lack size inside. Uh, you know, you see that uh, just a it, it is tough for them when they run into teams that are good and have size or length. Uh, Blue Stem, you know, ran a zone, kept their arms out, you know, closed out the passing lanes, made sure that, you know, they had to be beat off the bounce where you're always going to have help in a zone. And, you know, it was one and done possessions for Cherryville who didn't even score for the first 10 minutes, 10, 12 minutes of the game. Uh, that was a tough one. That's a league opponent, not a league game. That's a team they beat last year. Uh, and, uh, you know, this is a team that, uh, I, I believe Cherryville can beat blue stem. Uh, they're going to get re Cherryville coming out of the break is going to be interesting to me. And this is a team that made the state tournament last year. And in my eyes had the biggest expectations going into the year, given that they basically brought everybody back. Uh, but you have, uh, you just have a couple evolutions happening right now for Cherryville. First off. The play of Shelby Rada, a young guard, virtually unheard of coming into the year. I, I, I can, you know, I don't remember seeing her play last year. Shelby Rada becoming a consistent scorer, another quality guard. You know, there, there are there are too many guards for Cherryville girls. Uh, and Jenny Bunyard, another guard who's not a prolific scorer by any means. She'll give you her six a game. She's comfortable shooting from the short corner and a decent hits a decent clip of her free throws too. But she is a defensive nightmare for opponents. This is a girl, and they've been without her for the start. They're 4-1 without Jenny Bunyard. I think Jenny Bunyard comes in, and when you have someone who's going to play starters minutes, she had an ankle injury, Kelsey Overacker, very conservative, very uh, with bringing her back in. They basically kind of made the decision earlier on, like, we're just going to let it heal up, get you through break, and we'll work you back in. This is a girl who's going to play starters minutes. You you get someone who's going to play starters minutes and throw them into the rotation. Uh, that is going to allow a lot of players to get spells on the bench, stay rested up, and that's going to fuel into Overacker's style play where they like to press, they like to push the tempo, and you're, now all of a sudden you're going to get 
uh, you know, 20 minutes or, you know, 15 to 20 minutes of bench time spread out amongst five or six players, uh, you know, and that's going to preserve a lot of legs, just getting her back into the rotation. She's a physical presence. We'll see how her rebounding looks. Uh, but, uh, you know, Cherryville, they're not going to face a lot of teams that are both talented and have size uh, until late in the year when you're seeing some of the best teams in the state, and that's what they, that's honestly, you know, by the time you get to that, when you get to that level, that's when you start seeing them. But Cherryville, they're going, they're going to be, I think, a scary team. They're 4-1 and one going into break. I think, uh, you know, I, I genuinely think that, you know, 15, 16, 17 wins in the regular season is a possibility. They are in a brutal league with Eureka and Blue Stem, obviously. Uh, and Humboldt's never an easy out in that league. Uh, head coach by Aubrey Jones over there at Humboldt. And then their sub-state, while I, I believe they are, their sub-state is a lot of CNC teams. You've got Galena, who they beat last year, but Galena has one of the best guards in the area, and Mia Starwinski. Uh, they have... Uh, Gerard in that sub-state. Gerard, a sneaky good team. Gave Parsons a lot of problems here at home. And Parsons, another team I'm going to talk about, a team that's 4-2 and two going in the break. Uh, you know, Gerard, I, I've watched them twice. And they took Parsons to overtime. And they took and they beat St. Paul at St. Paul. Gerard, a sneaky good team. No real best player on that team. But they can go 1-8 through eight on that bench. And, you know, Coach Herlocker there, he knows how to win games. He's won a state title there. So, not Gerard, not an easy out. The best team in that sub-state is Hattie Pyle in the front and neck Raiders. Uh, obviously, they're going to be a tough out. This is an another team that made state last year. Two teams that made, uh, you know, 25% of last year's state representation in Class 3A are in the same sub-state. Uh, and you have... And that a previous state champion there as well as Gerard. That is a brutal sub-state. Cherryville can get out of it. I think Frontenac and Cherryville are the two best teams in there. They seem on a collision course. It's going to be whoever gets that one seed and can avoid that game against maybe a sneaky Galena or Gerard team, that is going to be a, a big key for Cherryville's season going forward. Another team to talk about uh in, in, that's playing well are the Parsons girls. We had Coach Pat Shibe, uh over here on the show uh, earlier in the month. Uh, and I had been playing like the best player in the area right now. Uh, she has a double-double in six games. This is a player who is clearly uh, on a mission right now. She had a great volleyball season. You know, she was a state medalist back in the spring in either the triple or the long jump. I think she medaled in both. Uh, I can't remember which one she got third or second. I believe she was maybe third or second uh, in one of them. I'll have to look that up. But I know I, I know all of what I just said is true. I just cannot remember exactly what uh, what events. I know it was either the trip or the long, and I know she finished top three in one of them. Uh, and I am a great athlete. Uh, gave you 27 points and a loss at Labette County. The Parsons girls, though, those two, they are coming off two straight losses going in the break. And they're coming off two losses to the, both the defending, both of the defending league champions in Fort Scott, who they trailed by over, as much as 22 in that game before trimming it to three in the fourth quarter, which was their final deficit. And then losing a game at Labette County that I predicted Parsons to win that game. Didn't publicly predict it, but, you know, I don't really make a ton of public predictions, but. I thought Parsons was going to win that game. 
I didn't think Lebec County's offense was going to be able to put up 57 points against Parsons. Uh, Lebec County's offense had just been anemic at times this year, uh, but shooters came to shoot. They hit half a dozen threes, hit a lot of mid-range jump shots, got to the foul line, uh, hit some. I mean, they were just they they scored in efficient, effective ways that exposed Parsons. And you saw Kaiten O'Brien, a guard who really took command of that game at times. Parsons lacks true great guard play. Uh, that was the biggest question mark. They need better ball handling. They need someone to facilitate the offense uh, and to really lead the charge on defense at the perimeter. Uh, you know, like Pat Shabby told me at the end of the game, anybody can hit threes if they're wide open. I can go hit them. If you leave me wide open in the corner, I don't care what level of basketball I'm playing. I'm going to hit one eventually. And, you know, those are, and you're, but now you're talking about varsity basketball players. Uh, Parsons needs to get it figured out on defense. Uh, and that, I'm sure, is Pat Shibe's biggest uh, point of contention during winter break. Uh, Lebet County's boys, they're an interesting case to me. Uh, you know, lost, uh, you know, lost two to three games in the uh, T-Bird Classic. They go into the break three and three, 500. You're thinking to yourself, why am I talking about Lebet County's boys as one of the better teams? They're 2-0 and in the SEK League. Uh, they just walloped Parsons at home. And, you know, Parsons had, had opportunities to be in that game. Uh, but part, but Lebet County really just pulled away. Uh, Hudson Baker looking like the best forward in the SEK League right now. And this is a league that includes Easton Ewing over at Independence, who is widely, who has been feared in the league for years now. Hudson Baker, you know, out, out dueling. They have a win over Independence. And they're 2 0 in the SEK League going into break. First place in the SEK League going into winter break. How much better can you feel about yourself? Griffin Eaton at a, at a guard spot, a really aggressive scorer. Uh, he, he's able to get to the rim. Obviously, a very hyperactive defender as well. Trey Vincent at point guard. Xavier Phillips at a swing role. Very complimentary to this entire team. They have a solid top rotation. They don't go very deep, but this team, they, they can be dangerous. You watch out for Lebet County. They start clicking Xavier Phillips, Trey Vincent, start giving you... 10 to 12 points a night in addition to what Hudson Baker's doing, that they're, they're going to be a dangerous team. Another team, another player I want to talk about real quick, if we're going to move on to wrestling, is Erie. Uh, you know, Erie over under head coach Will Weber. They're the defending Tri-Valley League champions. Brianna Ross on the girls' side, she's going to be one of the best wrestlers in the state in her weight class. Uh, you know, she's my early pick as athlete of the year. She was, you know, made, made state and cross country again. I believe she was the league champion cross country over in the Tri-Valley League. Uh, you know, Erie with some early dual wins. Erie, very impressive team overall. That They go top to bottom. Uh, Erie, really, to me, a team to watch over the wrestling side. We're going to go to a quick break, uh, but when we come back, we got about 10 minutes to go. I just want to go, I, I want to address, you know, a couple incidents, a couple news-breaking items uh, that I, I just kind of want to give my thoughts on with regards to how Keisha is dealing with Things like what happened at Valley Center where some racist chants were called uh, to Topeka High uh, during a basketball game at Valley Center. And, you know, just, you know, how Keisha and the state of Kansas is addressing, uh, you know, a call to remove and change Native American mascots. So my thoughts on those when we come back here on The War Room on KOKC Radio. I'm your host, Sean Fry. Don't go anywhere. We're back here on The War Room here on KOKC Radio. I'm your host, Sean Fry. 
uh, managing sports editor of the Parsons Sun and Chanute Tribune. Hope everybody had a very, very Merry Christmas. Uh, you know, happy Kwanzaa, happy holidays, happy Hanukkah to everybody. Uh, and, you know, happy New Year coming up as well. I uh, hope everybody is enjoying uh, some much needed R&R and reprieve uh, from work to spend some time with some family, uh, spend some time with loved ones and uh, just enjoy uh, the, the, the atmosphere of the holiday season. Uh, a couple things I wanted to address before uh, I, I head out. Uh, first off, the incident at Valley Center uh, in a basketball game uh, between them and the uh, uh, between Topeka and Valley Center. This was uh, early in December. Uh, Topeka lost the Valley Center 75-73 in double overtime. Uh, but during the game, Topeka was subjected uh, to racist chants from the student body and the crowd. Uh, and, you know, Keisha says they've been investigating this. You know, you've had Topeka say we don't want to play Valley Center anymore in any athletics uh, and calling for a ban of Valley Center fans. Uh, I had somebody who, who grew up in Valley Center say that's par for the course for them. Uh, you know, one quote that uh, Topeka High head coach uh, that said, I'm pulling up his name real quick, Geo Lyons. Uh, one quote that he said was, you know, during the course of the game, not one administrator, one adult working that game stood up for my team. And, and I think that's a problem. I think that's a problem that Keisha seriously needs to address. Uh, and I've been thinking it for a while. Go look at the makeup. Go look at the racial makeup of their board of directors or their executive board. A lot of white, not a ton of women either. Not a ton of women, a lot of white men on there. White men are going to make up about 80% of that board, uh, give or take. Uh, and, you know, Keisha says they're looking into it. There's there's a catch-all sportsmanship rule in Keisha's handbook that, Keisha, you know, is supposed to, you know, cover stuff like this. And, you know, where are the, where are the penalties for Valley Center? And... One thing that is interesting to me, and I've wondered this for a while, and I, I want to work on a story on this for the Parsons Sun, is why does Keisha not mandate? They don't, because I've looked it up. Keisha does not mandate diversity, equity, and inclusion training for anybody who wants to be an official, anybody who wants to be a coach, any of the ADs. Uh, you know, obviously, you, you can't necessarily mandate a athletic director because that is controlled by. Uh, it's controlled by school districts, but for coaches and officials that all have to be certified by Keisha, why do they not mandate that type of training that could have stemmed, that could have, you know, cut short that, that what Topeka High had to endure. And when I, when the news came out that the Kansas State Board of Education is, is encouraging, not mandating, it's essentially just you know, a recommendation. It's barely a recommendation. It's just saying you should do this. Is uh, schools should remove Native American mascots. Uh, and I have my own opinions on this. I think there's degrees to it. Uh, I think St. Paul High School's old logo with the Indian kind of dancing. Uh, it's very caricature-y. I, I personally think it should go. Um... Each name has its own degrees. 
Obviously, Redskins, to me, is probably worse than Indians, which is probably worse than Braves. And, you know, every single case could be litigated individually. But what's interesting to me is uh, Chautauqua High School, now in the same school district as St. Paul, they weren't when this happened in the 50s. Chautauqua High School used to be named the Blue Devils before they were the Green Hornets. They used to be the Blue Devils. And I talked with a... You know, one of the administrators of the history museum at Chautauqua. And they said the reason that the name was changed was because a lot of church groups, a lot of church going folks there got up in arms and demanded a change. They said, oh, it's, it is, you know, it, it, it is sacrilege to uh, celebrate the devils. And I'm, I'm Catholic. I get it. I don't really, I, I think that's a little oversensitive. I, I understand some people are very serious about that and take it seriously, and they should. They absolutely should. That is part of what faith is. But Chautauqua capitulated. Chautauqua changed their name. And now you have school districts being asked by Native Americans. Part of the recommendation that came from the Kansas State Board of Education uh, about a month ago was that all four federally recognized tribes in Kansas came, you know, unified and said, this is what our recommendation is to do away with it. And you have administrators now saying, well, we don't think it's a problem. It's part of our history. It's part of our culture. You have people whose actual culture says, please don't do this. And you have a history, and there's obviously, and locally, there's a history of, well, all the white Christians got to change the name. What in the what in the world is happening? But when Native Americans ask, oh, I don't know about that. Are there bigger, more important issues? There's always bigger, more important issues. You know, I think of a joke about, you know, I think of a Family Guy joke where, where you know, Peter and Cleveland and all the main characters, they, they end up in heaven because they're mad. They didn't die, but they, you know, they're mad that, uh, they're mad that, uh, you know, the Patriots are losing the new England Patriots and they say, Oh God must hate the Patriots. And so they get to heaven, they find God and they go to God and they say, why do you hate the Patriots? And he goes, do you think I really care about the Patriots? Uh, you know, you know, there's starving children in Africa and Cleveland, the black character on the show goes, are you going to do anything about the starving children in Africa? And God goes, no, but I'm pretty upset about it. There's always more important issues. But guess what? When you have the opportunity to address something, you should take it. Don't let an opportunity be wasted because it's not the opportunity that should arrive at that time. And, you know, and to me, I just see that as an excuse. There are psychological studies Conducted by universities, peer-reviewed studies, Kansas State has one of them, that say that uh, Native Americans who are subjected to public high schools and private high schools that use Native American imagery feel disparaged, which increases feelings of depression and anxiety. And shouldn't that be what we're trying to combat in our nation's youth? You know, and I, I'm a huge Kansas City Chiefs fan. And I get they have the Arrowhead as their logo, Arrowhead Stadium. 
and the Chiefs is an obvious allusion to Native Americans. And maybe I'm being biased here. I, I think that the Chiefs is about as tame as it gets. I think if the Chiefs came out and said, we're going to remove the arrowhead from our logo, it's just going to be that red KC. We're still going to go with the Chiefs where we're going to try a more military theme maybe because there's Chiefs in the military. Okay, that's fine. Honestly, call yourselves the pink elephants for all I care. I'm rooting for the team that plays in my area that is composed of the players that represent our area, players like Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. That's who I'm rooting for. I don't care that they're the Chiefs. So this phony war against cultural shifts is is disguised racism, in my opinion. Keisha says they want to leave it up to local control, and I think that's crap. Mandate it. You have a recommendation from your state board. Mandate it. Show some backbone. That'll do it for the War Room here on KLKC Radio. I'm your host, Sean Fry. I'm going to say one last thing here. You know, here at the KLKC studio, we have a post-it note with Matt Newberry's name on it. Matt Newberry, a very famous broadcaster from Joplin. He served as the voice of the Lebec Cardinals for a while. Uh, Did a lot of Pittsburgh high games. Did a lot of Missouri Southern, a lot of Pitt State. Everything he ever did uh, was great. He passed away a couple years ago, you know, during the pandemic. And... Uh, and seeing his name during the holiday season makes me uh, reflective on his contributions, and I hope he was very receptive and open to me when I first got to this community when he was still the voice of the Lebet Cardinals, and eternally thankful for the, the effect that he had on his life, whether he realized it or not. Make people aware of the impacts you ha- they have on your life. Make them feel appreciated. Everybody stay safe and God bless.